All right, this is Mike Baker, founder of The Sedated Man. Welcome to episode 38, How to Realize You May Be Broken and Not the Church. If this is your first time listening, I really appreciate it. I hope that you, uh, that you get something out of it. This podcast is for men primarily. However, women are also welcome to listen. <clears throat> Just keep in mind that when I'm yelling at people, I'm yelling at you guys. Because we all need to be accountable. So, once again, episode 38, how to realize you may be broken and not the church. Something I hear a lot these days, not that I've never heard it before, is, well, the church this and the church that. I just, you know, I'm not happy with this in the church, and I'm not happy with that in the church. And and very seldom do I actually hear people looking inward, looking at themselves. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean is, hey, look, the perfect church, the perfect church, and I'm not talking about the church in Scripture. I'm talking, uh, objectively speaking, the perfect church involves no people. So if you're looking for the perfect church, you miss that train. You are involved in a church with people, and as long as there is a church with people, there will be problems. And please remember that you are part of those people, and you have just as much of an opportunity to be a problem as anybody else in your church. So I hear a lot of people say that they they won't return it, or a lot of guys say, well, I'm not going back to church. That place is screwed up. Church is broken. They don't do this. They don't do that. Okay, so how? what did you do before you left? Or what are you going to do before you leave? You're looking for the door maybe right now, or you're starting to look toward the door. Have you really looked at yourself? Those things that you see within the church that are not right, that are not okay with you, what are you doing about them? If you're just pointing at the elders or you're pointing at the leadership in your church and saying, hey, you need to fix this, then you're really not solving anything. Well, Mike, you know, it's their job. Okay, forget that stuff, all right? It's our job, our as a whole. Congregations work together as a team. They don't work as a bunch of individuals. And if your church is working that way, then step up and maybe help them see it without being overbearing. Do it in humility and love. You can totally come across stern and pointed and, and, and immovable as you need to be, and you can still do it in humility and love. Now, I'm not saying that you should never leave a congregation. I myself had to leave a congregation that my wife and I could no longer fellowship with. It wasn't that we didn't love those people, but there were some serious conviction differences and we saw that we could no longer fellowship there, and so we went where we could. And I still have contact with a lot of those people, and a lot of those people won't talk to me at all because they feel I've left the church. But that's not my problem. That's their problem. As Les Brown likes to say, that's, that's none of my spiritual business what they think, which I tend to agree with. If you go to John chapter 8, in verse 31, So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So if you continue in the word, you are truly disciples of mine. Not if you continue in the church, you're disciples of mine. If you continue in the word, it is our personal responsibility to perform. It's not the churches to make sure that we perform. It's not the churches to make sure other men perform. 
It is our responsibility. What would a church look like, do you think, if everybody took personal responsibility for themselves and took the cause of Christ, which is love and humility towards one another? I mean, if you take a look at Scripture, it says that we're to more highly esteem each other, which means that if you drop a rock in the pond and it, and it, it rings, it ripples out, right? So if you are the rock and you hit the pond, your first ripple is God. Your next ripple is family. Your next ripple are your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then the ripples outside of that, you kind of get where I'm going there. Okay. We shouldn't be, it's, it's easy. It's easy to be the parent police or the, the husband police or the, you know, the elder police, you know, Hey, they're not doing it right. Hey, well, I'm suggesting that if you want to abide in the word, take personal responsibility. Well, Mike, I am taking personal responsibility. Pointing the finger is not personal responsibility. Going in and saying, what can I do? I'm here. Hey, I see an issue. How can I help? Or even going to those people and saying, look, I see an issue here. I want to help. Do I have what you need to help? Or is there something that I need to change? Hmm. Sounds kind of like confessing our sins to one another, doesn't it? Hmm. Now, in today's society, you just don't do that. But scripture is not about society. Now, I'm not condoning leaving the church in my statement that, uh, that it's your personal responsibility and not the church's. It's not the church's responsibility to make sure that you make it to heaven. It's yours. And I'm not saying leaving is the answer. I'm saying there's a lot of questions you've got to answer before you start making accusations and before you decide it's time to go. So I'm saying it's not okay to blame and leave. And like I said, the perfect church has no people. But we both know that one doesn't exist. And really, people make things messy. We make things messy because, like I said, we are people. So let's talk about stubbornness and conviction for a minute. <clears throat> this is something men really get hung up on, and so I want to differentiate between the two. They are not related but they sure are doppelgangers. And for those of you who don't know what a doppelganger is, a doppelganger is somebody who looks identical to you, but is not your family. So I could be, I could live in an area and somebody could swear that they saw me before from a different area. And it may be that that person looks identical to me, but we're not related in any way. They call that a doppelganger. Stubbornness and conviction are not related but they can be, under the right circumstances, doppelgangers. Okay, part of the reason that we won't talk to other men when we see that there's a problem is we tell, we tell ourselves or our wives or our close friends, well, you know, that guy's just stubborn, so talking to him is pointless. So what have we just done there? What we've done is we've said, I know that person needs to be talked to. I really don't want to do it. So this is a convenient excuse for me to not do that. So if I decide that they're just stubborn and they won't listen, then I really don't have to put forth any effort. And, and it sounds good. You know, it's that looks good on paper thing. But what if that stubbornness were conviction? Now, what do I mean by that? Conviction is that by which action happens. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 because I want to talk about what action we're taking. As men, if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit 
and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone forth, so that we may have no need to say anything. For they themselves report about us what kind of a reception we had with you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. Okay, conviction requires action. What action are you taking? Is your is yours conviction or is it stubbornness? Because the two can look very similar. Both are immovable. Both dig in. But they could not be more. In, in all the ways that they are like, they are equally unlike or unlike. It is so easy to mistake conviction for stubbornness. Because you talk to a person and you think they should think this certain thing or this certain way and they are immovable, you assume that they're stubborn when in truth it might be their conviction that you are absolutely wrong. And you have not taken the time to offer enough information to cause them to contemplate. Conviction requires action. Stubbornness, it only requires a hard heart. But both ways that they come across can appear the same. One is a hard heart, which is a, which is a, a problem. And one is simply, I have information that states you're mistaken. This is really an information game, guys. We can be impatient because we're like, look, this is what I said. This is what it means. You need to just step up. And they're the, then they're the more laid back guys that are like, well, you know, I see what you're saying. I don't really agree with that, but okay. No. More info, less push. We have to be wise enough to decipher the difference between the two. Conviction abides in humility. Stubbornness abides in pride. Pride. What's that old saying? Pride cometh before the fall. This is one of those subjects that really churns deep inside of me because I had to leave a congregation at one point. And I really, really, really tried hard to do some introspect and to make sure that I wasn't part of the problem. I had been told or I'd heard it preached from the pulpit for many, many years uh, in the congregation I used to go to that before people leave, they do certain things. All right. Now, I was doing those certain things, not because I hated the congregation or because I was falling away from God, but because my convictions stated differently than the guy that was preaching. And a lot of the men after him that or around him that preached, I didn't agree. And they could not offer me enough information for me to change my mind. Because what I was offered was a lot of opinion without any solid, what I felt was solid scriptural base. Now, these weren't huge issues, but they became huge issues because I wouldn't just toe the line. But I can honestly say here on this podcast that I tried very hard on introspect. Am I part of the problem? I'm doing these things that I've been told forever that people do before they leave because I was bound and determined not to leave. 
but I ended up having to leave because there's a time for everything under heaven, but there is a time to stick it out. There is a time to stick around. I can tell you that I actually tried to stick around and help facilitate change and change would not come because it wasn't wanted, but I did what I could do. And I left in the fact knowing that I did everything I could do for my family and for my brothers and sisters in Christ. And that that was the final recourse. There was just nothing else I could do. Can you say the same as you look at possibly, I mean, it's easy to blame the church. It's easy. Because we don't want to blame ourselves. That's why the title of this podcast is how to realize you may be broken and not the church. Where are we hurling our abuses at? Where is our wisdom going? Are we wise in our own eyes? Are we the man for our family we need to be? Because if we're not the man for our family we need to be, I guarantee you, you are not the man for your congregation you need to be. How many of you have been in congregations where you've seen men who over the years appeared to be these stellar pillars of faith, and then the next thing you know, they're having an affair with their secretary at work, they leave their wife and they move off and they, they leave their family with nothing and they never see their kids or they hardly see their kids. You've, see, you've all seen it. Those men were not convicted. Those men were in show business, really, acting. Why? Because guys like you didn't go ask them how they were doing. Guys like you didn't approach them when you thought something might be up. Guys like you maybe just watched and thought to yourself, I can see problems there, and then as a result did nothing. Why? Well, because that guy's just that guy's kind of stubborn, and I just don't think me talking to him is really going to go that well or do that well. That is not up to you. You've made a choice for somebody else that's not yours to make at that point. Approach them. Maybe they get belligerent. Maybe they become humble. Maybe they were just waiting for somebody to see it. Maybe we should be part of the solution and not the problem. Let me tell you something about sinful nature. I've talked about sinful nature here a few times. If you buy into the traditional sinful nature concept, okay, where we only read Romans 7, and decide that we're just a sinner, we're just a sinner, we're just a sinner. That will keep you from ever truly abiding in Christ or in the Word. It will keep you from it. You've heard me talk about don't think about pink elephants. Because the second I say it, the first image that goes into your mind is a pink elephant. If I sit there and I tell you you're just a sinner forgiven, sinner forgiven, sinner forgiven, the only picture you have in your mind is a sinner, and where do you think your mind goes? So here's my challenge to you, my call to action. I want you to get into your Bible today and read Romans 6, 7, and 8 sequentially. Read them in order. And then I want you to reread them. And I want you to open your eyes a little bit. I want you to take a few notes. Don't read it from the traditional way that you've always read Romans 7. Really listen and read it out loud because believe it or not, reading out loud does make a difference. Read it out loud. Go through every word of Romans 6, 7, and 8. Romans 6, 7, and 8 does not focus on the sinful nature of man. It focuses on who we are in Christ after we've received salvation, after we have shed the sinful nature. That is when you can abide. Now, some of you might be irritated at that statement, and that's okay. That is okay. If you disagree with me, I am perfectly content with that. And I perfectly respect your convictions. doesn't mean I have to agree with it. It just means I respect your ability to have your own convictions. But don't just sit there idle on the couch and point the finger at me and say, I disagree. 
email me. Disagree. There's no there's such thing as healthy debate. Right? As iron sharpens iron, that's not an easy process, but in the end we can still have a conversation and we can still come out respecting one another's convictions even if we still don't agree. There's nothing in scripture that says that we have to agree on everything, right? It says come let us reason together. The picture I have tried to paint on this podcast of who Christ was is absolutely who we need to be. This is the same man, once again, who fashioned a whip himself and drove people out of the temple grounds. I think at one point I said it was a cat of nine tails. I was mistaken. I looked this morning. It was a whip. Okay, Drove out the livestock and the people, overturned money, the money changers tables. Do you think that he was in sin when he did that? No. He was convicted. Conviction takes action. Now, I'm not saying you should go in your church and start overturning tables. Don't be afraid to do the hard things, but don't be afraid to, to have love. Don't be afraid to be humble. Conviction requires humility. Stubbornness requires pride. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. I hope that each of you get something out of this. Uh, if you're irritated, good. That means you were listening, and I appreciate that. If you're not irritated and you're inspired, great. That means you were listening also, and I really appreciate your time. You can find us on Anchor.fm, on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker, and Spotify, and a few others I haven't even heard of, but I've seen flash across my screen a few times. You can contact us directly or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can watch this also on the YouTube channel. All of the platforms that I'm live on will also have this video. Instagram will only have it for 24 hours, obviously, but you can still get it at uh, YouTube and Facebook. You can reach me directly via email at mike@thesedatedman.com. At That's mike@thesedatedman.com. The show notes uh, will be uh, on Patreon.com/slash/thesedatedman. That's Patreon.com/slash/thesedatedman. If you want to support this podcast, you can also support this podcast at Patreon.com. Uh, there are some tears there and some some swag and, and whatnot, and we really appreciate I appreciate you listening, and I want you to have those notes, and they're there. It doesn't cost you anything for the notes, but I'm just saying you can support us there if you if you so choose. I'm also available for public speaking and mentoring, and it doesn't matter what venue, whether it's large or small. We're just happy to get the message out there for, for men to step up and, and define themselves again. So you guys have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.